Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Marco Carocari, author of the debut novel, Blackout. Marco, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. If someone hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, Blackout, how would you describe the novel? Uh, it's the story of like a, an everyday average Joe, fish out of water in a very uncomfortable situation. Uh, my protagonist, Franco DiMazzo, is a photographer in New York, kind of a straight-laced guy, doesn't venture too far from his comfort zone. And on the one night, he chooses to live a little and decide to break out of the norm. He meets up with a stranger from a sex app. He smokes a joint he's not aware is laced and uh, witnesses a brutal crime across the street pretty much right after. But he's also kind of going downhill. He's having an allergic reaction. And when he wakes later on the street, being roused by the cops, it turns out that He's lost about an hour of his memory. He apparently called the cops to report a murder, except they can't find a crime scene or a body. And when they then finally do several days later, he, of course, goes from very unreliable witness to prime suspect. <laughs> do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing Blackout? Um, sort of. It's, it's been a while. I mean, the, the journey <laughs> took eight years. <laughs> the journey took eight years to get here. But, um, the, the, the initial idea, I guess, came first of all from having a gay protagonist, um, implemented sort of into the stories that I really enjoyed from some of my favorite writers, um, traditional crime writers. Michael Connolly, John Connolly, uh, Dennis Lehane, people like that. And I always felt that I wanted to have a story that represented me a little bit more, like perhaps have a traditional thriller mystery, uh, but with a gay protagonist. And then once I had that laid out and decided to go for it, I always knew I wanted to set a story in New York. And my book takes place more or less in present day, uh, 2016. But also in 1977, during the uh, massive New York City blackout. And so the book title is as much a, uh, is kind of a double entendre to the blackout of 77, as well as the temporary blackout that my protagonist suffers. And um, we went from there. That's great. Well, you mentioned this eight-year writing journey. Can you talk about that? What led you to writing and getting your debut novel published? Um, well, the, I've always written all my life, but never professionally. It was always just doodling for myself. And um, eight years ago, uh, I walked into the cellar uh, back in Switzerland, where I was uh, living at the time I am Swiss. And I found a very old manuscript, almost 25 years old to the day at that time. And it was just awful. But it was also kind of <laughs> funny because it showed me a lot about who I was at the time when I wrote it at um, roughly 20, 21 years old. And so I decided I could probably do better. And I started this whole project as a dare to myself. And I also wanted to do it in English, which is uh, not my native language, uh, it's German. So I set out to do this, uh, did a rough draft. Of course, I thought I was done after three months of writing <laughs> and then <laughs> gave it to some of my friends and they were 
impressed on one hand, but at the same time, they were like, wow, you're letting it all uh, hang out. You might want to, you know, pull back a little bit here and perhaps you want to look at this. And that made me realize that I still had a, a long journey ahead of me. And I started taking writing classes and uh, working the manuscript for the better part of two, three years. Um, also put it aside for quite a while and said, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to go anywhere with this or if I'm going to be serious about it. And then um, I moved to the States. I uh, reconnected with an old sweetheart and we ended up falling in love and getting married. And so here I am. And when I was in the States, living here in my life, I decided to look at the writing a little bit more uh, professionally and took classes and went to writers' conventions, my very first writers' conventions here um, in La Jolla at the time. And the people were super welcoming and supportive, and everybody I talked to about it was excited. So I decided, okay, I, I guess I need to do more research, um, really sit down and try to make this as good as it can be. And then I went to my very first conference in New York, the Thriller Fest, uh, which was awesome, and pitched my book for the first time, had a lot of interest at parties, and that's kind of how it started. I did get a lot of rejections, ultimately. <laughs> so it wasn't just a smooth ride. So about six years in uh, at the journey at this point, um, the interest at parties were there. Um, some of them said, this is not the book that uh, is right for us. A lot of the imprints smaller and um but a lot of them were intrigued with my writing style which really i think is what i needed to hear at the time that they actually liked the writing but perhaps the story wasn't exactly right for them and you know uh, the gay protagonist is always i think for a lot of publishers still an issue um some of them will be like yeah let's go for it others are like well you know we want to make money is this the right market and so it just took a little longer, and ultimately I found a uh, great team of publishers in Level Best Books, uh, and uh, they were super excited about it. And here we are. Uh, the book was released in March, and I'm super excited and happy, and it's been a great journey. That's great. Well, you mentioned uh, LGBTQ representation and kind of what for the lack of a better word, uh, traditional thriller and mystery fiction. Do you think that that's improving at all? I think it is. And I think it's, it's you know, it's the, the fear, weird thing is it's been here always. I think for a, for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, there have always been LGBTQ writers and books, but the publishers were not necessarily interested in putting them out because they felt there was no market. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, late 70s already, but especially 80s and 90s, you sort of had a heyday of LGBTQ books and especially mysteries and thrillers. And the bigger publishers got behind them and they were like, this is great. We, we have all these new voices. And a lot of people got a break finally and these books came out. But then oftentimes the books would be stored in the weirdest sections, like right next to the self-help books or whatever. Right. They were not easily... Uh, they were not easily available or ready to find. And not everybody at the time might have had the courage to just walk into a bookstore and say, hey, I'm looking for this, you know, book with a gay protagonist, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it just wasn't as accessible. And then it sort of went away. They weren't making enough money. So I think in recent years, 
uh, as the publishing world seems to be embracing uh, more marginalized, marginalized writers and voices and books, there is definitely a, an upswing again of protagonists from any, you know, background mm -hmm. um, suddenly more in the foreground. And I think that's fantastic as far as how long that will last is a different question. Um, it's, it's great to see. And I think I've definitely benefited from that. Um, that's great. Yeah. What, what appealed to you about writing a mystery novel? I've always been a huge fan of mysteries. I, I can't remember if I was 10 or 12, something like that, but I got to see, um, murder. She, uh, no, it's, uh, oh gosh, I'm almost tripping up on the title now. Uh, murder, mm -hmm. she said. Uh, with Margaret Rutherford, uh, the uh, Agatha Christie novel that uh, the Brits had turned into a movie with Margaret Rutherford, who, of course, looks and acts nothing like Miss Marvel in the books. <laughs> and I saw the movie and I was hooked. I had to see the others. And then I went to my grandmother, who was in a book club, and she got me my first Agatha Christie novel. And at first, I was hugely disappointed that Miss Marvel was not nearly as kooky and <laughs> funny as Margaret Rutherford was in the movies. But I stuck with it, and I read some Hercule Poirot, uh, Hercule Poirot uh, books as well. And it went on from there. Whatever my parents would allow me to read, I got to read, and it always stuck with me. And so over the years, I started reading all these other people, Jeffrey Deaver, you know, like a lot more darker stuff mm -hmm. and twisted. And um, I just was always hooked. Uh, crime shows, murder fascinated me for kind of an unexplained reason. Because, yeah, I mean, it just kind of comes to you, I guess, like some other sure. people might say romance or whatever. And, uh, and then finally, yeah, eight years ago, when the idea came of trying my hand at writing, it was a no-brainer for me to do a mystery or a thriller or something like that. And the question was, could I pull it off? And, and it took eight years to, I hope, pull it off. <laughs> That's great. So can you, can you talk a little bit about this manuscript that you found? I think you said you wrote in your early twenties and you said, <laughs> wasn't very good. <laughs> was, was that a mystery or, or, or thriller or was it more it, of a kind it of coming was of age? A mess. It was a hot mess. <laughs> I have a few of those. <laughs> it was a hot mess, but it was, uh, funny. I, I did try my hand at a mystery, but it was about this, um, it was about another fish out of water, like your your next door neighbor, sort of in a in a um, way over their head situation. Mm -hmm. And it was about a guy uh, falling for a guy. So it was as much of a love story, sort of, where he had to uh, get out of a hairy situation with a murderer, but at the same time, he was chasing this guy. And of course, they were becoming friends. And it was just. It, it told me a lot about myself, who I was, and my my uh, my struggles uh, as a young gay man, and what I sort of wanted for myself. But the story was just, yeah, it wasn't much of yeah. a story, <laughs> and it wasn't much of a mystery because everything was pretty much clear from the get go. It was all about will they get each other, uh, the right. two uh, protagonists, if you will. So in this book, I really did not want to repeat anything like this. I wanted it to much closer reflect uh, the crime thrillers and mysteries and suspense novels that I tend to read, which, um, you know, may have a happy ending, may not have a happy ending, but it's all about the story. And ultimately, 
the fact that my protagonist and several other people in the book. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are gay and just as many are straight, it's completely, in a way, irrelevant. It, the story could, sure. if you will, happen to anyone. But I just kind of wanted to reflect my own life and my experiences. And so, therefore, you have a photographer who is somewhat successful, but not really. And he's at 43, kind of questioning of where he's going with his life and what's happening. And he's perhaps gotten a little too comfortable in just making ends meet um, in, in, a, in a weird sort of way, which is what happened to me several years ago. I was also always working side jobs. I am a photographer by trade. And uh, I often during my quote unquote career, you can, uh, you know, I was working at hotels, um, at a check-in reception, perhaps I was working in bars and clubs and restaurants <clears throat> to make ends meet. And my character is sort of living the same life right now, asking himself if he has enough drive to to become that breakout photographer, that breakout star that now suddenly everybody wants to hire. And then sort of his life gets interrupted by becoming this witness to a crime that he is suddenly being somewhat fingered for. And uh, when it turns out that everything is kind of connected to that murder of his father when he was only when Franco was only four years old, right before the New York blackout, sure. it becomes a lot more real and a lot more personal to him because all of a sudden all these old wounds are torn up and there are a lot of questions that were never answered that he's on the brink of getting getting now, but um, maybe he doesn't want them after all. <laughs> right. Um, I'm curious, given that blackout is a mystery and thriller, what was your writing process? Did you plot the the novel before you sat down to write it what was that like i did a little yes i um i had a general outline in my head of where i wanted to go and what i wanted to happen and i started writing pretty much um as a pantser uh just kind of plowed right into it and mm -hmm. it, it worked really well for for several weeks i'd say i was just writing 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 but then i instantly broke it up into three parts and decided okay this is the first part where everything kind of 
you introduce all the characters, you need to know what, what the book is about, and then you need to get to the middle where there are revelations, the stakes get, uh, go higher, and then you come to the third part, climax, etc. That much I knew from reading all these hundreds and hundreds of books, but as I wrote, the story kept changing, and then, as I said, I did this, uh, as we now know, a first draft, <laughs> and, and was sort of finished. And when I got my feedbacks from people where they said, I got lost here, or uh, this didn't work for me so well, or I love the dynamics between Franco and his friends, but, you know, like 150 pages later, I'd forgotten about the mystery, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I realized, okay, I have to, I have to make this flow more organically. And that was a lot more difficult. So several, several rewrites later, um, I finally had that and I went to my uh, I found my publisher. They loved the book. We talked about it and they gave me a few notes. And about three, four months before the book was due for final revisions, I went back to my publisher and I said, so I've had this idea for a year. It's just, I can't get it out of my head. I think it would make the book stronger. And this is what I want to do. And they listened and they said, you know, this sounds great. You know, if you can pull it off, absolutely. You know, we have what we have. We love the book as it is. And so I went back and I started pretty much rewriting the thing um, from the first page in three to four months. Uh, fortunately, you know, there were sometimes certain places there were only tweaks necessary and others I had to rewrite stuff and the flow changed. But um, Apparently, I pulled it off. They loved it. We did a few tweaks here and there, and now it's the final book. So it was just interesting to me to see that when I sold the book to Level Best Books, we all thought this was the book. And then I had the opportunity, and I'm very grateful for, for them giving me the freedom to do it, to go back and change a major part of it. And um, ultimately, we all felt it's a much better, better and stronger book now. And that was surprising to me to do this much work such a short time before publication. So you never know. Well, I'm curious, are you working on another novel now? I am. Uh, I am sort of working on a sequel, although I had not necessarily intended there to be a sequel. But the way the story is shaped now uh there is a very natural path to con to continue the story for one more book um i wanted it to have a satisfying ending and i believe i gave that to the readers but um as in real life sometimes sometimes certain things don't work out so there is a there's also uh, franco's going through a lot he's a changed person by the end of the book um for the better but also for the worse and and I think anybody going through what he's going through, as I put him through the meat grinder, uh, is a changed person. So I definitely have a a continuing book um, that would make a lot of sense. And I think since I've gotten a lot of great feedback from readers who are like, I can't wait for, for more from these characters, I I would love to do that but it has to make sense. And so I'm working on that. I want to make sure that it's at the very least as good as Blackout. And then I've worked on two other projects last year that are more or less fully outlined, but not yet written. One is an LAPD procedural. Um, the problem with that for me is I always like to know as much about what I'm writing about <laughs> right. 
as possible. And I don't have a background in law enforcement. So I want to get it right. And I want to, I don't want to screw up. So I'm not entirely sure yet if I can pull it off. I've read a lot of books by other people where I see some do a lot of details, others do very few details and how well they do it to see if I can find a balance. But I have a story that I really love. And another one is a project about a private investigator here in Palm Springs where I live because it certainly helps me to be right in front of, you know, the scenery that you write about so that you uh, are completely immersed in the surroundings. And I think Palm Springs has been um, romanticized a little too much. <laughs> Living here <laughs> is wonderful. I enjoy it. But there is a much darker side to Palm Springs that a lot of people don't want to know or aren't aware of. And um, it's been an eye opener just um, doing the uh, Citizens Police Academy and stuff like that. So there's a lot of uh, fodder for, for, uh, Good stories, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Um, well, th I think the believing in yourself part is underrated sometimes, but very, very important. I, excuse me, <clears throat> I am a person who often loses faith in themselves. Mm -hmm. and. It's one of the worst things you as a writer can do. I constantly have the fear of not belonging and what am I doing here? And there are all these people that are much better than I am. Uh, how, how do I have a right to be here? And sure. I think we all do have a right to be here, especially if you do the work. Uh, don't lose faith in yourself if you were writing. And even if it doesn't go well, I've had many moments. I've had the crappiest year to, uh, this year. Uh, I have to say, despite this publication and being happy about that, on other other ventures, writing, I've had a really terrible year, some family issues and tragedies. Uh. Um, it happens, you know, it happens to everyone for whatever reason. When you get to the point where you're like, I'm not good enough, take the time do whatever you need to do to get in a better space again because you're probably good enough and especially if you're willing to work on it you're good enough um don't give up just keep on pushing forward it took me eight years other people have been doing this for 20 years until they got published um it will happen but it takes a lot and it takes a lot of sacrifices as well but uh, hang in there that sounds good well what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Um, oh, gosh, a lot. Because as I've not written so much this year, I've read a ton of books. I loved, for example, A Beautiful Crime by Christopher Ballin, um, which is a book with two gay uh, protagonists set in Venice, uh, which I had the fortune to just uh, visit again on a recent trip to go see my family. It's a, a great book. I really enjoyed it. And I love uh, the books by Gabriel Valjean. Uh, he has a new series out, relatively new, called uh, Shane McCleary Mysteries. They're really good. And they're also set in the 70s, but in Boston. Um, your typical sort of noir uh, books, but set in the 70s rather than the 30s and 40s. He's a great writer. Uh, I just finished James Latoile's um, Black Label, which was a pharma thriller, which I really enjoyed a lot. <laughs> and then anything by Sean Cosby. Uh, Sean Cosby is 
probably at the very top of my list right now with Razorblade Tears, which just came out and was phenomenal. And My Darkest Prayer, Blacktop Wasteland. I read all his books this year. So I, I was uh, pretty hooked. But I got to say, I do tend towards um, crime fiction, thrillers, noir. I, the nonfiction books that I read and enjoy are all about how to commit the perfect crime. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if that's a good suggestion, but there are a lot of great books out there. Um, if you do write crime fiction and you want to get it right uh, to, to help you, you know, drive home the point. Sure. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your debut novel, Blackout? Um, the easiest way is probably my website, which is marcocaracari.com. That's all C's, marcocaracari.com. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, always with my name. Um, and I, every now and again, I have something witty to say or not so witty, and perhaps I just make a book recommendation. Um, but those are the easiest ways to connect with me if you want to. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Marco Carocari, author of the debut novel, Blackout. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Marco, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That's great. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.